Can you hear me now? Communication, it, it, it's, it's a big deal. Communication problems are one of the leading problems in every marriage, every relationship. And communication is even a, a big deal. It's a huge issue in our relationship with God as well. It's not just about speaking, although it is about speaking, but it's also about listening, hearing, understanding, and, and getting on a level where we can understand what's being communicated. And sometimes we, we don't get to that level. But, but communication is about talking. I mean, you can't have a relationship with someone without talking to them. And, and some of us have been raised in, a, in religion that, that puts someone else between us and God. But God broke that a long time ago. When, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, God tore the veil. And, and, and scholars tell us that the veil was about a, a fist or so thick of, of material. It, that was something no human being could just rip. But God ripped the veil from the top to the bottom and said there's access now into the Holy of Holies. And I was thinking about this, you know, some, some people are, instead of just going to God, they go to everybody else. Kind of like junior high. You don't want to stay in junior high, right? You want to go right into the source and talk to God. wrote a song uh, many years ago, and just want to share that with you this morning. It's about talking. Talk to me. 
And I wonder if sometimes we haven't talked to God and let Him speak back to us. We talk to everybody else. We go around Hazel Baker's barn. That's, it's, it's a phrase that Christie's family has used for years. And they used to say that, you, you just guys just went around Hazel Baker's barn. I'm like, who's Hazel Baker? And where is her barn? But I get it now. Sometimes we just go around stuff. And, and God says, just bring it to me. Talk to me. And, and in our relationship with our husband or wife or our children, we, sometimes we just got to talk things out. Lay everything on the table and let, let conversation take us to where we need to go. Can you hear me now? Last week we talked about how to make a proper connection and there were four communication keys, four connection keys we, we shared. Number one was purity. If I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Sin messes up every relationship. And so when we get ourselves pure, we have fellowship with one another. Blood of Jesus cleanses us. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with each other. And that's the best way to go. Amen. Number two, we talked about proximity, coming near, getting close enough to hear. And then thirdly, we talked about passion, how relationship really matters, what I love, I listen to, what I love, I listen for. Okay? You, you can tune things out, but when you love something, you're tuned into it. Nobody has to force you in that direction. It's just like coming to church today. I mean, if you love the house of God, it doesn't matter what the weather's doing. It doesn't matter because you, you love. you got a passion for it. You've you, you got a passion to be. I remember when, when we were traveling, there were times when we'd have one day to golf, one day. And I'd get to a city, and it was that only one day, and it'd be pouring down rain. And we're like, we only got one day. Come on, we love to golf. Let's go golfing, right? And so we did. We'd be out there with umbrellas and, and lightning everywhere. It didn't matter. We wanted to be on the course. And you know, the, you know it never rains on the golf course anyway, so come on. Passion, relationship matters. When I, when I love him with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, everything else just fades away. And I'm listening, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in tune. And number four, we talked about perception. The defini definition of perception is to see, to hear, or become aware of something. And so sometimes we, we don't perceive in our communication because we haven't become aware. And as we look back, we can finally see and, and hear and become aware of what God is doing or has been doing. We didn't see it, 
weren't aware of it yet, we, we, we can begin to understand what he's been saying all along. And things begin to finally make sense. Can you hear me now? And today I want to talk about listening. I want to focus in on listening, on tuning in. Somebody say tuning in. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 says, concerning him, speaking of Jesus, we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food or meat, another translation says. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he's an infant. But solid food, meat, is for the mature, who, because of practice, somebody say practice, practice, practice makes perfect, well, it, at least it sends you in the right direction, because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. And here the writer of Hebrews says, you know, I'm, I'm really got some things I want to share with you, but, but the problem is you're, you're dull of hearing. You're not listening. Anybody ever say that to you? You're not listening. I have someone in my life that says that to me a lot. And, <laughs> and she loves me because she continues to say, hey, you're not listening. Selective hearing, anybody? And the writer of Hebrews says, by this time you ought to be teaching others, but for some reason you've slipped back into baby mode. And you, you need milk, not solid food or, or meat. And I've told you this, if you've been around here a while, you understand this. Milk is that which passes through somebody else's body and is given out to you. Okay? They eat something, it produces milk, milk is given, you're fed. Babies love that. We've got, we got a nursing mother's room, okay? Babies are loving that room. But meat is that which you kill and eat yourself so that you have milk to give to somebody else. Okay? And the problem is, Every Sunday, what I give you is milk. Because that's all I can give you. Because you're not killing and eating it yourself. And that's why every week, it seems, that I'm telling you, get in the Word of God. Read the Word. Kill them. Eat it yourself. Pull it apart. Get, get what you need, the nourishment you need from God's Word every day of your life, and then... You don't need somebody else to teach you all the time. Amen. The Spirit of God is teaching you through His Word. And yet, 
people, I'm leaving my church because they're not feeding me. Well, they can't. Okay? We can't feed you what you need to survive. We're going to give you something to, to help you make it through a little bit, but you've got to start killing and eating yourself. And he says, you, you haven't been listening. You're dull of hearing. I, and I, I thought about this whole dull of hearing thing. I, and how do you become hard of hearing? Well, some people are born that way. I was. I was 60% deaf in my left ear, 80% deaf in my right ear uh, growing up. And everybody thought I was a snob because I never talked to them, didn't answer their questions. And, you know, you never know what's going on in people's lives, right? I couldn't hear them. Now, I learned to read lips. In fact, when uh, the doctor finally diagnosed me, he said to my mother, I want you to talk to your son from behind him. Because she said, he hears me. Until we get into these little testing things. And, and she, the doctor said, walk up behind him and talk to him. And then keep talking, keep talking until you get in front of him. And then see if he hears you then. Of course, that's what happened because I could read her lips. I knew what was going on. In fact, my gift of, of lip reading has really been a blessing over the years. <laughs> when I was a youth pastor, I would, we, we sat on the, on the platform even when someone else was preaching. And so I'd sit there and I'd watch my kids. I'm like, I know exactly what you're saying. And I'm going to talk to you afterwards. <laughs> it got to the point where they'd be going, <laughs> they'd be hiding their lips. They, they didn't want me to see their lips. Anyway, we can be born that way or we can lose our hearing over time by being subjected to very loud noise, stuff that, that messes your hearing up. You can also be, become dull of hearing with old age, right, over time. And this is where the, the problem can get to with us as believers is that we've listened for a long time and then we just, we're old now and hey, I don't need to listen. And we're just, we just, we petrify. And that's, that's right before death, okay? You don't want to head down that pathway. You want to keep your hearing very clear. And sometimes we just have selective hearing. We hear what we want to hear. We don't hear what we don't want to hear. We just kind of tune everything out that we don't want to listen to. And stuff that we don't care about. But I think one of the key things in, in the Christian life is learning how to listen. Our grandson, Anchor, who has Down syndrome, he, he learns sign language, and he has a few signs that he, he does. And this one is, I'm thirsty, and this one is, listen. And when he says, listen, it means he wants to listen to your phone. There's an app that has all these animals that hide, right? He wants to listen to that. It's not that he wants to listen to you. He wants to listen to your, your phone. And listening is a big deal. And the writer of Hebrews says, by this time, you should have heard enough, learned enough, eaten enough of the, of the meat of God that you should be given out to somebody else. You should be a teacher by now. You should be talking to other people. You should be having something to share. And we don't want to get into that place in our life where 
all we need is, is sustenance. We want to be able to have enough sustenance to give to somebody else. I, I listened to a, a fascinating uh, study this week. There are eight, eight categories of how do you decide if somebody's a disciple of Christ. There were eight things that were listed. And there were some things that would perpetuate those things for growth. And the number one thing that affected every one of the eight, the number one thing, number one thing, in this study of over 5,000 people, the number one thing that would predict whether they would grow in their discipleship, share the word of God with other people, evangelize, just a whole list of things, one thing, reading the word of God on a daily basis. I was right all along. Come on. God was right all along. I want to listen to the Lord. And here's the deal. If you spend enough time with him, you immediately recognize his voice. You're so acquainted with his word that there's no question it's him speaking. Some of the most difficult times of your life when you will want to let your emotions lead you, or your circumstances lead you, or what it looks like everybody else thinks should lead you, those are the times when you've got to know the voice of the Lord God Almighty. You've got to have spent enough time in His Word. You've got to have Him speak to you through His Word. It's like when somebody called. you remember when there was no caller ID? Can, can you remember back then? Remember when there's a telephone and it had a cord on it, on the wall, right? Remember that? And you actually answered and wondered, who is this? Guess what? Every time I answered the phone and it was somebody I knew, I didn't have to ask who it was. My dad calls me. He, he, he has this blocking thing on his phone. He doesn't want anybody to know his number, right? He's Mr. Private. But, and I, I see it come up, no caller ID, blocked caller. I'm like, okay, it's dead. But even if I didn't know that, as soon as I heard his voice, I said, that's my dad. I don't have to question when, when my children call me. I know their voice. I know when Christy calls. I answer it from, hey, baby. See, I was deaf, and God gave me someone who could just cut right through the mix. Ay, ay, ay. If you know the person, you don't have to ask who is this. I, when, when our kids were little and we were out, we traveled for, for 12 years on the road. We'd be in a, a store somewhere, and all I'd have to do is this. Or if they weren't listening, I go. That was that was rough, wasn't it? It's been a while. It's been a while. There it is. There it is. And they knew it was me. It, there was no question. They're not saying, "What if that's Dad?" No, they came running. 
Uh, last week we looked at Samuel, and, and meanwhile the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. And one night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up, went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel, notice verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he never had a message from the Lord before. So he had not heard the Lord's voice. And so he's, he's asking, who is this? What do you need, Eli? I think it sounds like you, but apparently it's not you. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up, went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Eli realized he perceived it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord came and called us before Samuel. Samuel, Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. And he begins to lay out his plan. And from that day on, Samuel, although up to that point he did not know the Lord, from then on, Samuel always knew the Lord's voice. And he heard very clearly. Because once you hear God's voice, there's no other sound like it. And once you understand this is God, nobody can, can, can mess that up. And so Samuel, he, he moved into a whole new level. When we finally know the Lord, we hear differently. We become aware of what he has been doing, what he is doing, what he's saying. And things begin to finally make sense. And Samuel tuned into the right frequency. And, and did you know that radio frequencies are always available? They're just out there, going. All you got to do is tune in to the right one. Anybody know that? Or you got to pay money for Sirius or, or whatever, right? But once you are connected, okay, you've got the right frequency. And sometimes we're we just don't recognize God's working in our lives because we're not accustomed to his ways. We don't recognize him and we're not hearing clearly. Artists have the ability to see with different eyes than most people. They look at something that everyone else looks at as useless or broken or blank and they see what can be. We, we are blessed to have an artist on our staff now, Ashton. I won't, okay. <laughs> I'm tempted to go somewhere, but I won't. And she's going to appreciate that today. <laughs> but, but Ashton has different eyes than the rest of us. And she can walk into a place and look around and, and see things that none of us can see. It's because she has a different perspective. She has a different ear. She has a different eye. And she sees what can be. And in the middle of a project, you know, it may not look like much, but the artist can see the end result that's coming. 
because they can see better, they, they can see what is not yet, and, and here we have the ability, and, and the artist will say, this is going to happen if the peace will cooperate. If the peace will subject itself to my hands, to my vision, to my voice, and when that happens, then the beautifulness, the, the incredible artistry that comes out of that is mind-boggling. But, but the piece has to subject itself. It's, it's the, the piece of pottery that says, go ahead, God, mold and shape me. Do your work in me. I don't see it yet. And this is kind of weird because... Because I'm going around this thing and around and around and you're, you're poking and prodding and it, it doesn't feel all that great. But I know there's beauty coming on the other side of this. And God is the master artist. He's, he's the master potter. Sometimes we don't see what he sees. We don't know what he knows. We don't even hear what he's saying. Can't perceive it yet. We don't recognize what he's doing, and so we get frustrated. We don't hear clearly because we've just not been listening or tuned into his frequency. So how do I tune in? Sometimes it's through talking and then shutting up. Listening. Silence. And, and we, we Americans don't, we don't really relish silence all that much. I remember when uh, I was having some of my hearing tests, finally they took me into on a Saturday because I passed the test during the weekday. They, it's just kind of weird how that happened. But finally on a Saturday they said, let's bring him in. There's no more noise going on in the building. Let's get him in a soundproof room, and we'll test him. And I remember when they shut the door of the soundproof room, it was deafening. I mean, I was deaf, but I wasn't that deaf. It all sound went away, and it was awkward silence. And they started doing these little beep, beep noises. And when I'd hear one, I'd be like, boom, I got this. Boom, yeah, I heard that, boom. And then found out that I'd missed, you know, 80% of the, of the noises. This is kind of disheartening. But it's, it's in the silence that we can actually hear that still, small voice. We can hear that voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. And most of the time, we want to drown out the silence. We want, we want to play the music as loud as we can. We want to, as soon as we get in the car, we're turning something on so we're not alone in silence. And I wonder if God is trying to get us to be silent so he can speak to us. What if he's trying to drown out all the other noise so you can hear that still, small voice? That, that, that quietness that he wants to speak through. It, it, silence 
when we silence ourselves and listen to his voice, we begin to get in range and tune in and focus and concentrate on what he's saying and doing. I want to jump to uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, Brandon. I'm going to skip some of this out. I'll be back here next week. Elijah the prophet had just had one of the most incredible moments of victory. God showed up in a huge way. Fire of God fell. And, you know, I, I, I saw this cartoon. It, it was saying, what, why did they pour the water around the sacrifice, you know, and all over the wood and everything? And, and one little kid said, to make the gravy. Uh, anyway. One of those moments in Scripture that was mind-boggling, and, and it says when Ahab got home, Ahab the king, the wicked king, when he got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. And so Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. And some of us have a Jezebel who's threatening us and speaking things over us and causing fear to rise in our lives. And, and we start to, to move against what God has for us because of the threats of the enemy because we haven't been listening to God. We were for a while and we got ourselves in a great place and we saw some great miracles and things began to happen and all of a sudden, there's, there's some problems on the horizon. And so Elijah, says verse 3, was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. He went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. <laughs> You've ever been there? A couple times in my life, I've, I've prayed that prayer. Lord, I'm done. I can't, I can't take any more. Go ahead and take me. I'm not going to kill myself, but if you'd kill me, that'd be great. That'd be a real blessing. <laughs> I'm just being real with you. Because life really stinks sometimes. And here's that moment in Elijah's life, and he's like, just go ahead and kill me. I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him. God always has angels to minister to you. Sometimes they're in the form of somebody you know, somebody you don't know, maybe. The angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of the best things you can do is to get up and start eating the Word of God. He looked around there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And sometimes the best thing you can do in your life is take a nap. One of the most spiritual things somebody can do sometimes is take a nap because you're nasty. And everybody around you is going, I wish you'd just go take a nap. <laughs> you know how you little kids, right? 
We've got a bunch of them running around. They need a nap. And some of you have never grown out of that, and it's okay. Go ahead, take a nap, lay down, lay down and rest. Come on. Because your body can't handle what's, what's coming at you. So listen to it. I believe when I had my heart attack that that was one of the things God made me do is just lay down and rest. Rest for a while. You need to rest because what's coming, you're not going to be able to handle it if you're not resting. And so, where am I? He ate and drank and lay down again. Verse 7, then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. And you don't know what's coming, but God does. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to feed you so you'll be ready for the journey ahead. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. Some of you, you're in a cave. Just kind of hiding away. Because he's still hiding. He's still hiding from Jezebel and, and her words and what she said is going to come. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. The people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And notice what God says to him next. Go out of the cave and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. Some of you, you need to come out of your cave of hiding. You need to step out of where you're hiding from all the mess that's going on and listen to what God has to say to you. Just come out of the cave and stand before me. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. What a moment. The Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said what are you doing here Elijah and it's that gentle whisper that, that quiet that another translation says still small voice God wants to speak to us but we've got to come out of the cave stand before him. The Lord said again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied again, 
I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord told him, Really? Oh, he didn't say that. He said, Go back the same way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be the king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, the grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel, Mahola, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu. Those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So you're not the only one, okay? There's 7,000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. There's 7,000 others I have reserved. I've got seven. I've preserved them. 7,000 others. You're not by yourself. But what I want you to do is get up from where you are and go back and do what I ask you to do in the beginning. Continue your ministry. Continue what I've called you to do and anoint these people because there's something getting ready to happen. There's some things that are about being destroyed. God, I'm, God is getting ready to work. He's doing some things in our lives, but we've got to listen enough to obey him. Say, okay, Lord, I'll do what you asked me to do. And things shifted from that day forward for Elijah. Because he listened to that still, small voice that gentle whisper for some of us today I believe God wants to whisper he wants to whisper to us would you just close your eyes maybe lift your hands toward heaven say speak Lord your servants listening speak to me Lord I don't want to be afraid of what's going on around me, even of what's going on in me. I want to listen. I want to focus on what you want to do in my life. Speak to me, Lord. In the quietness of this moment, I believe God is going to speak to many hearts and lives today you have questions you've been asking and asking and asking and he's going to speak today to do next. So you got some big decisions to make. Listen. Listen.
mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we tune our ear into you today. We tune in our ear. We tune into the right frequency today. Listening carefully to your voice. Saying, this is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Go in this direction. Go back the way you came. Go in this direction. Listen, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll speak to you on the road. I'll guide you. I'll direct you. 